Stone Speedway proudly presents Rapping on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States, here's Rapping on Racing. Welcome once again to Rapping on Racing. I'm Don Gamble. Hey, our guests tonight include Jennerstown Speedway pit steward Mike Bellardi, late model driver Jason Fosnott, Lernerville Speedway Kids Club director Jennifer McPherson, and Chris Zuver from the ULMS series. We have Victory Lane interviews with Sharon Speedway All-Star Sprint Car winner Cale Conley and Earl Pearson, the Lucas Oil winner at Florence, Kentucky. Dave Oliveri has a nice selection of interviews with sprint car driver Rico Abrey, plus Dave and Kate Blaney. We have regular reports from the following speedways, Jennerstown, Lernerville, Pittsburgh, and Sharon. We want to welcome Mick Conkle from Conshohocken, Ohio, to the Rappin' on Racing family. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is the banker Bob Thought for July 13th. The real reason Santa is so jolly is because he knows where all the bad girls live. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, PowerTech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. 
If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. And now more Rapid on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Mike Lizikowski. I'm doing very well as Mother Nature threatened our program in the middle of the afternoon with some clouds that would not leave at the Jennerstown Speedway on Saturday night. But thanks to the fast-acting track crew, hot laps started about five or ten minutes late, and opening ceremonies were exactly on target at 6 p.m. Saturday night. So let's talk a little bit about that racing action on Saturday night. The Somerset Trust Company presented First Responders Appreciation Night at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, offering free admission as a thank you to all first responders. Defending track champion Teddy Gibala won for the first time this season in the Martellus Pharmacy's late model division, becoming the fourth different winner in four events. Also celebrating in Stoney's Beer Victory Lane were R.J. DeLappy in the Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modifieds, Aaron Van Fleet in the Ron's Collision Center Street Stocks, Dale Kimberly in the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers, and Evan Nybert in the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Four Cylinders. After the races, Shane Schaefer Incorporated presented round one of the 2020 Ron's Collision Center Enduro Series with James Gottschalk Jr. winning the six-cylinder class and David Heining victorious in the four-cylinder class. Opening night winner Gary Wiltrout started on the pole position for the Martellus Pharmacy's late model 30-lap feature race. But just two laps into the contest, championship point standings leader Albert Francis was a victim of a crash that would send him to the pits, ending his night. The Ohio resident was the most recent previous winner at Jennerstown. Barry Audi and Andrew Kostelnik also sustained damage and made brief pit stops during that caution flag incident. Will Trout grabbed the early lead over front row starting mate Brian Shipp. But on lap six, Will Trout surrendered the lead to the driver who started the race in third position. Teddy Gabala roared to the front of the pack, where he spent most of the 2019 racing season. Gabala outdistanced Will Trout by a few car lengths immediately. Eighth-place starter Kale Gale advanced to fourth position by lap seven, then passed Joe Maruka for third the next lap. Gale, the North Carolina resident who won round two of 2020 at Jennerstown, held third place for most of the event, but could not gain on runner-up Will Trout in the middle stages of the event. 
As Gabala increased his lead over the field, all eyes focused on Audi's resurgence from the, from the lap two collision. On lap 15, Audi passed Maruka for fourth place, then reeled in former NASCAR star Gale. In the closing laps, Gale, Audi, and Wiltrout put on a thrilling show. With just two laps remaining, Audi took third place, and on the final circuit, Audi moved around Wiltrout to grab second spot. All the while, Gibala was out of reach of the other drivers holding top five positions. Gibala of Coulter, PA, is not only the defending champion of Jennerstown Speedway, but was also the leading winner of 2019. Driving the E.H. Schwab metal-spinning Chevrolet, Gibala won for the first time in 2020 and did so as a newlywed. Tying the knot just two weeks prior, the event was Gibala's first race as a husband. Audi, the five-time former champion, started the race in 10th place, made a pit stop for suspension damage, and still rallied to finish in second position to the roaring cheers of his hometown fans. Two-time champion Wiltrout placed third with Gale finishing fourth. Maruka placed fifth. Audi and Francis won the preliminary heat races earlier in the night. After winning his heat race earlier in the night, young R.J. Delappi started on the outside of row one for the 20-lap Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modified Division feature. A multi-car crash at the start damaged several cars, including that of heat race winner Racing Jason Bush. Popular Cindy Shawless sustained the most damage, although she was uninjured. Adam Kostelnik started from the pole position and would soon be involved in a spin with Tom Golick as they were battling for top five spots. Both veterans continued on in the event. While DeLappi buried the field with a huge lead, defending champion Anthony Aiello ascended from his starting position of 10th. By lap 7, Aiello had reached the second spot, but he was a distant second to DeLappi. DeLappi, who won his heat race earlier in the night, drove away from all competitors to notch his third victory of the season. Aiello placed second and maintained the division points lead. Golick came back from the tail of the field to earn third position, ahead of Kostelnik, who also surged from the back of the pack to finish fourth. With slight damage, Bush drove to a fifth-place finish. Veteran Scott Mitchell started from the pole position in the 20-lap Ron's Collision Center Street Stocks feature race. But Mitchell, the 1993 Pure Stock Division champion, could not keep pace with the 2019 Street Stock champ Aaron Van Fleet. Van Fleet led lap one after starting on the front row. Already a winner in 2020, Van Fleet put plenty of distance between himself and Mel Wilt early in the race. On lap five, Casey Flegel became the runner-up after a pass of Wilt. The race was completed without a caution flag, and Flegel remained a half straightaway behind the leader for the entire distance. Van Fleet scored his second win of 2020 in convincing fashion. While in Stoney's victory lane, Van Fleet and family became emotional as the win was dedicated to his grandfather, Warren Penrod, who is battling serious health issues. Penrod is a member of the Jennerstown Speedway Hall of Fame as a longtime track official. Flegel, Wilt, Mitchell placed second, third, and fourth, and making his first start since 2018, Jason Holder earned a top-five finish after taking the green flag in 10th place. Van Fleet and Wilt were the heat race winners, and Van Fleet and Flegel are now tied atop the division point standings. Epic domination continued in the Farmers Union Co-op Charger Division as Dale Kimberly won another 15-lap feature without a serious threat to his lead at the end. The defending champion remains undefeated in 2020, and going back to last season, has now won the last eight consecutive events. 
Kimberly started in the ninth position and battled teammate Adam Kostelnik for the second place until lap 10. Controversy then erupted as Kostelnik and leader Steven Singo made contact while fighting for the lead. Singo, who had led the first several laps of the event, spun, and during the caution flag period, Kostelnik was also sent to the tail of the field for causing the spin. The incident handed Kimberly the lead with five laps to go. Although Kimberly made a great move to avoid the leaders spinning in front of him, he did not need to make a pass for the win after the front runners tangled. Dirt track convert Kyle Burkholder earned a career-best second-place finish in his rookie season on the Jennerstown asphalt. Singo recovered to nail down third place at the finish line, making bold moves at the end coming from the tail, with Cody Gaynor finishing fourth. Young rookie Will Hemminger, a third-generation driver, finished strong, snagging the fifth position with some veteran-like moves in the final two laps. Singo and Kostelnik were the heat race winners. Former champion of the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Four Cylinders, Evan Nybert made the most of his pole starting position and grabbed the lead on lap one. Running away from a four-car battle for second place, Nybert seemed headed for an easy win. But a late race restart gave double-duty veteran Casey Flegel an opportunity to challenge Nybert for the win. Nybert's car stumbled when the green flag was displayed on the restart, and in the closing laps, Flegel grabbed the top spot, driving a borrowed car for one race. But Nybert recovered just in time, reclaiming the lead as the checkered flag was about to be displayed with a bold pass of Flegel. Nybert won his heat race to start the night and became a two-time feature winner in 2020. Flegel was a very close second as sophomore driver Michael Saylor grabbed the third position. Veteran Steve Settle started seventh and finished fourth after winning a heat race, and the most recent winner, Jeff Vassos, placed fifth. The Shane Schaefer Incorporated Enduro Race will go down in history as the first time in Jennerstown Enduro Racing that the competitors were divided into two classes, four-cylinder and six-cylinder. Both classes competing together for 50 laps, the first round of this year's Ron Collision Center Enduro Series was completed without a stop for a crash, debris, or any form of on-track incident. Repeat winner James Gottschalk Jr. was victorious in the six-cylinder division with Ray Henry and Colton Buchanan placing second and third. David Heining won the four-cylinder class with Nick Nemec and Clinton Hirsch nailing down second and third positions. This coming Saturday night, July 18th, Jennerstown Speedway opens the gates at 4 p.m. for five division racing that starts at 6 p.m. And for the second week in a row, the Ron's Collision Center Enduro Series will be in action for round two of 2020 right after the weekly divisions conclude. So, Don, a, uh, an enduro change of policy with two separate divisions being contested. And I can't tell you when I'd seen an enduro race with less catastrophic uh, I mean, the, the race was not stopped at all. Of course, there are no cautions in an enduro race, but often there's a red flag for a driver in a precarious situation. Uh, but there was only one crash when a driver hit the outside wall in turn four, lost a wheel, and with no steering ability at all, the car drifted coincidentally through the proper pit gate in turn four right into the infield as well as the broken wheel did, and there was no need for a stoppage in the 50-lap enduro, Don. Sounds like a great show, uh, and I'm glad Mother Nature cooperated. It was a little scary in the afternoon. The rain that was forecasted to be completely out of the way by uh, 1 or 2 o'clock hung around until 4, maybe 4, eh, I guess 3.30 or 4, 
and we typically start the practice sessions around 4, 4.30, and the track crew did an amazing job getting ready. I think, I, I want to say that the practice sessions were about 10 laps, about 10 minutes uh, late in getting going, but as soon as the Star Spangled Banner was finished, I looked at my watch, 6 o'clock on the nose. So more kudos to the track crew. And again, thanks to the Somerset Trust Company for annually providing a thanks to first responders. All first responders were given free admission Saturday night, as they are each year. But of all the years, I think the, the other fans in attendance uh, really had an appreciation for what Somerset Trust Company does each year for all those local heroes. Mike, great racing, great report. I thank you. You have a nice evening. Thanks a lot, Don. This portion of Rappin' on Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, jennerstown.org. Fans joining us now, the voice of the Lernerville Speedway, Eric Westendorf. Eric, good evening. How are you? I'm great, Don. How are you? Good. I'd have been better if it hadn't rained Friday night, but, uh, you know, Mother Nature, we can't control her. Yeah, if you would have asked me Friday night, John Thompson even said, you okay? You seem grumpy tonight. And I said, John, I'm always pissed off when we rain out. You know, it just, it, it never, you never get over it. And I was kind of the lone dissenter when we were making the decision. You know, John called me in and what do you think? And I want to race. So, you know, it was only 7, you know, 7.30, 7.45. So I was trying to talk. I was like, let's just wait five or ten minutes. Let's five or ten minutes hurt. But uh, the track was gone. The pits were washed out. Um, you know, just. And then you could tell by the radar it wasn't going to stop. It wasn't going to be a complete washout. Uh, but I was there until probably about 9, 9.30, and it never really did quit raining. So It was a good call. I was pretty pissed for about a half an hour, 45 minutes, but then I got over it. So it is what it is. So what's cooking for this week? Well, we have another Fab Four show. So, you know, we had our opening night uh, three weeks ago now, and then we had the firecracker. And then we always get the late models the Friday off after the firecracker. And then, you know, this past Friday got rained out. So we've had three full weeks without Fab Four racing again already. So uh, looking forward to doing another Fab Four Friday. And then the Domar Memorial Silver Cup is uh, the following Tuesday. So we're just about, you know, we're eight days away from that. Um, and then we have the Rush Summer Showcase. So um, this event was kind of my idea when we were looking at some things to redo in the schedule. Uh, we switched some things up. We moved the BRP to the Friday after the firecracker instead of the Friday after the Silver Cup. And I kind of threw the idea out there, you know, let's kind of do a, a mini Fab Four, a future Fab Four, if you will, and run all four rush divisions on the same night. And, of course, Vicky and Mike, you know, we're all over that. So um, something a little bit different. You know, we understand that the fans only have a finite amount of money. So when the fans come and spend a bunch of the money for the Silver Cup, we kind of need to attract a little bit of a different crowd on that Friday night because a lot of people, unfortunately, just don't have the money to to come do both. So, you know, with four divisions of uh, rush racing, we think there will be a lot of drivers and fans there that maybe don't get to come to the track except for the stampede or the one or two off um, support shows that those divisions have. So just really looking forward to it. Mike and Vicky are always great to work with. Um, and, you know, hopefully some of those guys that are there for that Rush Summer Showcase will be part of our Fab Four racing family over the next few years. A couple things that impressed me about Larnerville. First of all, was the short 
window they had to get prepared for opening night and then the firecracker and they pulled it off the next thing is dan bauman's work on the track it has been outstanding no matter who i talk to they're raving about the track i was teasing them friday night i said uh, do you think we ought to start a dan bauman fan club <laughs> he just started laughing he, <laughs> he doesn't say much but he liked that that was no. cool yeah he, he is a man of few words but um you know, we all did a lot of work in the off season, so we were ready to go in, you know, April there. And then, you know, we kept plugging along. So, you know, we did have to throw things to get some things together in pretty short or once we got the go ahead, but we had a lot of things in, in line. Um, and thankfully, I don't know, you know if everybody knows if it's common knowledge or not, but Dan Bauman lives right there on the facility. So in the stay at home orders, Dan was actually in his backyard working on the track pretty much all along. Um, so one of the reasons the track is in such great shape is that Dan's been out there working on it, I don't know, daily, but multiple times a week since April. So, And last night the track was just absolutely beautiful. I think it would have been a perfect night of racing, and unfortunately, or I'm sorry, Friday night, you know, unfortunately the weather just didn't work out. I understand you're going to have a protege or a trainee working with you, Tyler Harris. Yeah, uh, I kind of joked. Uh, both with he and then we had Miss Motorsports scheduled to be there Friday night. So I had joked with both of them that it was their fault the way it rained out. Um, but yeah, Tyler, I guess he's run some Endora races with us. Um, he was a student at Cal U, so I'm not sure if it was like a multimedia or an entertainment program, but he's done some uh, both PA and broadcast announcing of college sports, and he's going to be the announcer at Blanket Hill. And I told um, Shannon Thornton. Uh, at the beginning of the season that I would, you know, offer and donate my services to do their opening night. Um, that way, the, you know, we could help use the Learnerville platform to support their opening night. We have something like we're approaching, I think, 35,000 followers on Facebook and about 15,000 on Twitter. And, you know, to me, local racing is local racing. So if we can help grow it at the grassroots level, like the resurgence of Blanket Hill Speedway, that's only going to pay dividends for Learnerville down the road. Um, so then I said, you know, if you can find a regular announcer that, you know, may need some training or, you know, is brand new to it, I'll be glad to help mentor them. So, um, he was at the track, uh, Friday night and walked around the pits with me and I kind of show him what I do on a Friday night and Gary Heeman worked with him a little bit on kind of the PR side. And there's a little bit of, you know, back and forth there of knowing who's there and, I'm pretty diligent on all the, all the files that I keep, and a lot of that was inherited from Carol 14 years ago. Some was inherited from Dow, you know, when he passed away a few years ago. But I'm really pretty diligent in keeping all those notes, and I have nowhere near the level of time and preparation that Johnny Gibson and Blake Anderson put into it because it's just my part-time job. But my two biggest pieces of advice for him were just to be well-prepared and just to have fun with it because that's something that you taught me when we did the, uh, the trackside pre-race show was just, have a conversation like it's you and I talking, and that's you know kind of what I told him of be prepared and, and have fun. People are going to give you feedback and take it as constructive criticism. You're never going to make everybody happy, and you know just go have fun with it, and the rest of it will take care of itself naturally. Well, it's good advice, and he's going to have a good teacher. Uh, we're coming up on a break. Any closing thoughts? Anything you'd like to add? Yes, um, I know you got you have a pretty big fan base, not only in you know Western Pennsylvania, but all over the country. So I'd like to invite your fans to check out Learnerville.tv. We finally have our own live streaming platform, and the, the quality is great. 
Uh, really looking forward to what that can bring, not only to the track and our marketing partners, but also to the drivers and their marketing partners. I know with Dirt Vision broadcasting every race for the World of Outlaws, that has really helped the marketing side of it for the team that are racing with the World of Outlaws, and I and I hope that it's going to have the same net positive effect for our drivers because they'll see more value in it, and there's more eyes on it, and people all over the country. So hopefully, that can help the you know not only the track. Um, but the drivers as well to increase their exposure, have their sponsors seen by more people, and then hopefully be supported by more people. So I'm pretty proud of the product. We have a couple Sony 4K high-def cameras, so the quality is great. Uh, We're definitely open to feedback. Um, The opening night, the guy was a little bit too locked in on the leader, so that was feedback from a lot of people. So, you know, we take all that feedback very seriously. We work very closely with Speed Shift or I'm sorry, Speed Sport TV, and getting a lot of feedback from them as well to make it the best product possible. But it's just 20 bucks to buy a regular night of Apple Racing. But for 30 bucks, you can buy a whole month. So we run four Fab Four Fridays. It comes out to $7.50 a show, and we think that's a pretty good value. So um, we'd obviously much rather have the fans in the stands, but especially with the COVID stuff going on and, people that have grown up in pittsburgh area like my mom and my cousin that live all over the country now that's a great option if you can't be with us on friday night you can watch it from your living room your laptop your iphone you know whatever you have so it's a great product it's emerging and we just hope everybody you know will give it a shot check it out and provide us with feedback when you do give us that name again and how they can get it Yes, it's at Learnerville.tv right now. Um, we're working on rolling out channels on both the Fire and Roku. So if you have those uh, sticks to stream your entertainment instead of cat, cable or satellite, and then there will also be apps for the Android and iPhones. So but right now it's just at Learnerville.tv. If you mistakenly go to LearnervilleTV.com, it links right to the same place. Um, so just enter that web address, Learnerville.tv, instead of Learnerville.com. And it'll take you right to that site, and it pretty much washes through the steps of signing up. Well, Mitch gave me a preview on Friday, and it's outstanding. The picture is so clear. It looks like the cars are going to come right off the screen and drive right (laughs) past you. It's amazing. So when you guys put this together, this is a big deal. And it's like you said, it's going to enhance the product. It's going to help the drivers and their sponsors. Excellent idea. I certainly appreciate it. The numbers aren't, you know, to be honest, the numbers aren't quite as high as I was hoping for right away, but I always have big expectations, and Chris from Speed Sport keeps reassuring me that it'll grow organically. It's a good quality product. There's a lot going on with racing right now, you know, with, you know, Flow Racing had just bought Speed Shift, so the timing of it wasn't optimal for us, and we didn't get the race. You know, had we raced a month earlier, we probably would have had a lot of buys because there wasn't as much racing going on in you know april as there was in may and june when we got started but um it's it's getting bigger each week and the quality is getting better each week so we're just going to be patient continue to grow it we're going to market it and uh, promote it a little bit better and we really think it's going to be a great asset and again it's not just for the track but also for the drivers as well eric i thank you very much you have a nice evening we'll see you friday thanks we'll see you friday night No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. 
Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter, Rapid on Racing. Jason Fosnott is one of the hottest Pennohyde drivers on the circuit, and I had a chance to visit with him at Lernerville Speedway. Last race when you and Tyler Dietz back and forth, wheel to wheel. Some of your thoughts, let's go the last five laps of that race. Yeah, uh, we'll put the last lap into perspective first. I was disappointed uh, because I thought I might have had a run on him. But we had a couple restarts at the end, and um, Tyler chose the outside uh, because there was a little bit of momentum. So uh, it would put me on the bottom. And being on the bottom, I just wasn't able to get the run up off and clear him. And as respectful as I'm trying to race, I didn't want to come up the track on him and and get into anybody. That's not the way that that I drive. So uh, I tried to keep my line run the bottom as much as I could, and when I got, he got clear of me, I was able to jump back out to the outside of him, use the cushion um, on that last restart. I just went down into to one and two, put it on the cushion, had a good run on the back straightaway, and uh, through three and four, there was a little bit of a rut up high, and I just caught it coming off of four there, and it pushed me up off the track. We ended up losing two spots. don't know if I would have got him, but we would have made it interesting maybe. I think it was the best race of the night. All right, let's rewind. Uh, you started out, uh, did pure stocks, E-mods, and pro stocks. Now, when you ran the E-mod, where were you racing at? Uh, we ran it a little bit at Sharon, a uh, little bit at Roaring Knob. We only had about a season on that car. We lost a motor, and we switched gears again and went back to uh, a crate late model. Um, but, yeah, we, we ran some Ohio races, um, I'm trying to think, we went to Hilltop a couple times, the Hilltop over Millersburg, and uh, like I said, Sharon, and just a couple of the special events around uh, Pennsylvania. You've been doing this for a long time. I was surprised because you still look young. 23 years, that's, that's a lot of racing. It's a lot of racing, um, but it's the only thing I know. Uh, we started when I was 17, 18 years old, uh, as we discussed in 1997. We're on year 23 right now, and um, I feel like... Uh, with all the racing that I'm doing with the guys that I race for and my cars that I couldn't do anymore, uh, and I'm not slowing down anytime soon. I was also impressed. I think the only time the, the McDonald 25 car was ever in victory lane, you were driving it. Yeah, we got a win for those guys a couple years ago. Uh, they were really excited about that. Brett has since won um, the, the, I don't want to call it a B feature, but the secondary race at the Laboon, um, which pays a you know a hefty purse. It was seven hundred some dollars to win that, so it's a good win for them last year. Um, there were two other nights where we should have won in Larry's car, uh, probably three years ago when they had the car. It was black at that point. Um, I had the lead, and I I made a mistake and jumped the cushion. I think I ended up second. Um, and then la- last year um, was last year or year previous. It would have been their gray car, the new car now. Uh, I led the majority of the feature here and just couldn't get it done at the end there. Got pushed up the track a little bit um, and just wasn't able to come to the finish. So should have had a couple more wins for them. I always apologize, but I'm always thankful that uh, anytime they need a helper or a substitute, I'm, I'm there for them. Probably one of the best uh, dollar drivers around. Uh, the team you're with now, I guess you've been with them four or five years. A little bit about the team and how that came to be. Because I, I guess early on you owned your own stuff. 
Yeah, and I, I still do. Um, we, we owned all of our cars up to a certain point. Uh, I drove for somebody uh, probably back in the 2010-2011 season. Uh, and then I got back into my own stuff with the, the crates and the E-Mods. And pr- approximately five years ago, uh, Neil and his brother had a car. They had been running off and on here at Lernerville, other places. Uh, Neil had um, an injury, you know, rib injury, a back injury. wasn't able to run the car. Um, his brother, Mark, had called and said, hey, there's a couple races. You want to come over and you know, make some laps in our car for us? And I said, sure. Uh, following year, they had their newer car, uh, which isn't this newest car. And um, I called them. That was when the Laboon races were starting to become prominent. And I said, can we run a couple of these? Sure, we'll run those. And then um, we started gaining more and more traction. Before you know it, we're running the full Penn Ohio Series season. We're running at Sharon. We're running any of the, the local racetracks that we can run the open cars at. And then uh, three years ago, Neil built brand new everything. And um, it's, that's been my primary focus from there on. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Jason Fosnut. What would be the plan uh, for this season? I mean, it's everything's kind of up in the air with the virus and all that stuff. But do you have a rigid schedule or are you just going to pick and choose? So we, we plan on pe- running all the Penn Ohio Series races again. Last year we were the co-champion. Uh, we would have preferred to be the outright champion. Um, so <laughs> our attempt this year is to uh, to try that again and possibly, um, you know, win it outright. Not that there was anything to take away from anybody. We appreciate being in, included in, um, you know, being part of their champions for last year with Hunter. And uh, they run a top-notch series. Um, we're really happy to be involved with them. We've been running at Lernerville uh, weekly here, just trying to dial the car in and I know people won't believe this, but we're not happy with where the car has been. We think it could be better. So uh, the last couple of weeks, I've been down the garage on Saturday morning, changing everything. And, you know, we've got up to Latrobe for the one Penn Ohio race, finished second there. Uh, and again, we still thought had a little bit more. So, you know, this week, same thing, changed everything, came up here to do some testing and tune. I don't know that we'll put a full season in here. Um, it's just, it's close. They, they've made it nice for us with the rule change. So uh, as of right now, Strictly Penn, Ohio. We'll run here, Sharon, when they open, and we'll see what happens with everything else as far as raceways being open. It's not like you're not busy enough with regular work and with your racing, but I understand from time to time you you help Chase Lambert. Yeah, Chase is my cousin. Um, on my uh, my uncle's, uh, he's my my uncle's son, Uncle Robert. Um, my mother's side and uh honestly uh, you know i give him more advice than anything uh he's got enough people around him with butch lambert who raced here and was you know champion, champion. Uh, my brother who has raced here is champion so um you know he probably gets enough opinions i try to give him some moral support and some philosophy on how i think things should go and how you should be respectful and treat people but other than that um he's going in the right direction his his car has been really good this year uh he's gotten out and about with the open motor he ran at tri-city a little bit he planned on doing some other traveling running down pittsburgh so he's going to be uh he's gonna be one of those guys to watch in a couple years let's talk about your sponsors so uh as we talked earlier the the car is owned by neil tristani uh his brothers they have uh you know several businesses the main business is the butler truck parts business that's run by his brother amo and dom uh neil and his brother mark they operate the tristani's uh truck repair business and then their brother guy he helps them out so all of the sponsors are related to the businesses that the brothers own and operate again the main sponsor is uh, butler truck parts we have uh, a really good guy that comes and helps his name's kenny beck 
um, him and his nephew. He has a, a Beck trucking business. Uh, and then Dunk Performance. Dunk does all the engine work. Mark builds the engines. Mark and Neil do the engine work. But Dunk does all the, the um, machine work for those guys. So those are the, uh, the main ones. We have um, some, you know, tire sponsorship through Hoosier. Uh, I've been successful enough over the years to get to that point. So perhaps about those kind of uh, things where you can save a little money instead of uh, getting money back in your pocket. How about your pit crew? Uh, again, the pit crew is going to be very similar. Uh, Neil, you know, being the car owner. Mark, uh, our main mechanic on everything. Guy, one of the other brothers that helps. Kenny. And then obviously I have to always include my family. Um, my mom and my dad have been huge supporters since the beginning. And uh, my brother... All my cousins, you know, we have a pretty big family that comes to the racetrack. My wife, obviously, um, she's been through this with me the whole time. So um, it's, you know, it's it's a family atmosphere. We've done this, as we said, for 23 years. I don't know many people that can spend their summers with their family doing something they love. Anytime I need information on you, I get in touch with Crystal <laughs> because... Well, it's typical. Most of the drivers. I find the best way to do it, if it's the mom, the sister, the girlfriend, the wife, you go to the woman on the team, you get what you need. Want to wish you luck. Any closing thoughts? Anybody we missed? No, I'd just like to thank um, Chris Schneider. He's been a family friend and a personal friend for years. Um, He's built all the race cars I've raced. I've never raced anything but a, a car that he's had his hands on. So, Always uh, nice to have a familiar uh, voice on the other end. Uh, we are truly personal friends. Um, I tell people this story all the time. There's, uh, I have a picture at home when we were about 10 years old. We won a championship. We were a 10-0 team in the Youth Football League, and Chris and I are the same size, and we look exactly the same with the haircut. We're holding that trophy. So um, from then until now, he's always been there. And uh, Greg Beach is another guy that's, that's been a personal friend of mine for the last couple of years. Uh, he does his Anarchy Customs business. He helps a lot of guys out. He doesn't have really any input on the 73 car. It's it's more of what we do with that for, for collaboration. But I'd just like to mention him because he's helped me on my E-mods, my late models. Anything that I do other than the 73 car, Rick's been there for me. Hanging out with some good guys. Appreciate you taking the time because I know you're a busy man. I thank you and good luck no matter where you're running. Thank you. This portion of Wrapping on Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, jennerstown.org. Adrenaline, cover to cover, three great magazines have become one excellent monthly racing publication, Dirt Monthly Magazine. You'll get more features, more pictures, and more short track racing action in a new, massive, more than 150-page Dirt Monthly Magazine. Combining the best of Dirt Late Model, Dirt Modified, and Flat Out magazines to create a bigger and better full-color monthly magazine with exclusive sections for each type of dirt track racing into this one monthly publication. Dirt Monthly will also include a special Street Stock and Weekend Warrior section. Dirt Monthly is all things dirt track racing. Exclusive features, loads of full-color photos, driver interviews, tech articles, and big event recaps, all in the one more than 150-page full-color magazine. For more information, contact 3Wide Media at 888-806-4611 or 3WideMedia.com. The Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Socks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Socks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. 
Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. And now more Rappin' on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Jim Zufall. Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway looked like it might not even happen. All morning long, it rains, a misty kind of dampness in the air. In fact, a number of tracks around the uh, western Pennsylvania area chose to cancel because of the rain. Up north, the rain kind of hung on as well, but not at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. In fact, by the time uh, 2 or 3 o'clock rolled around, the sun was starting to break through, and wow, what a nice evening we wound up having on Saturday night. Racing on the track was uh, no disappointment either. Uh, Keith Barbara comes home with a rush dirt late model win. Now, Barbara driving the Catella 64 car, and we'll talk in a minute about some of the success the entire Catellus camp had on Saturday night. Keith Barbara uh, pulling off the win first time in a rush dirt late model for Keith Barbara. Of course, a uh, standout super late model driver is Barbara. Ben Police, who was one of your heat race winners, came in second. John Mollick, Daryl Charlier back in the familiar number 12, orange number 12, too. And Nico DeBecco, another sort of gun, hired gun, uh, driving the Dobnak number 42D, rounded out the top five. The other heat race winner was Logan Zarin, who had issues and was forced to... Uh, not sure if he started even. No, he only made 14 laps of the 20-lap feature, and he had to drop out. Incident between himself and Keith Barbara on the uh, 13th or 14th lap, and Zarin was forced to pull off. So once again, it was Keith Barbara pulling off the win in the Rush Dirt Late Models. Visiting us once again with the Rush Sportsman Modifieds. One heat race for them. That was won by Preston Cope. And then back-to-back -back wins now for Chaz Wolbert. Uh, Wolbert with uh, two wins this year. We've only raced twice this year. Well, once because, or once we missed a race because we stepped aside for the Lernerville big event. And then uh, Allegheny County shut us down for a week. So we're back to racing only two nights in. And Wolbert has won both of those when the Sportsman Modifieds have come to visit. Preston Cope, your heat race winner, as I said, came in second. Cole Holden, Tony Tackenhurst, and Aiden Cipriano rounded out your top five in the Rush Sportsman Modifieds. Pro Stock ranks, uh, obviously we raced with the Penn Ohio rules and the Penn Ohio Pro Stock Championship Series will be on hand on August 15th for the Ed Laboon Memorial. A number of people are starting to uh, get that on their calendar and start thinking about it. Uh, Jason Fosnott comes home not only with the feature race, but he also won the sole heat race for the Pro Stocks. Uh, Fosnott, a uh, pretty accomplished racer, had been around a long time, and wow, was he impressive in that Neil Tristani on number 73 on Saturday night. Ryan Moyer, another Lernerville regular. We should say Fosnott's a Lernerville regular as well. Uh, Ryan Moyer, Todd Weldon, Corey McPherson, again, another Lernerville past champion, as a matter of fact, and Nick Kachuba. There's your top five right there, Fosnott. Moyer, 
Weldon, McPherson, and Kachuba in the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. In what has to be, and there's no question about it, our largest growing division in, uh, at PPMS, and that is our Keystone Coachworks Hobby Stock Division. And once again, three years, he's been a champion, and he's always right there at the top. Uh, not always taking the checkered flag, but so far twice this year, he has doubled up as well. That is Stephen Sheltman in the 17S car. Sheltman coming from uh, pretty pretty close to the front of the field. Uh, last time we raced, he caught fire in the heat race and came from the rear of the field to take the win. This time, uh, he pulled a pretty good pill, won his heat race, and uh, did pretty well in the feature, obviously, finishing in first. Uh, behind him, another Catellus came up. I said we'd talk more about the Catelluses. Well, there's two young Catellus uh, drivers now, and they both race in the hobby stocks. Cody Catellus in the 1K car, I believe that car belonged to Casey Grumling. They picked that up last year, and he raced here at Pittsburgh uh, a few times during the 2019 season, and wow, all of a sudden, he has come on strong, looked good in his heat race, and comes up second behind uh, Stephen Sheltman, and really given Sheltman some fits there in the middle part of the race. He faded a little bit near the end, uh, almost a four-second win for Sheltman, but Cody Catellus really uh, right there in the rearview mirror, if you will, uh, of Stephen Sheltman during the Hobby Stock feature race. Uh, the other heat race winner, Carly Kovacs, uh, wound her way to third place in the feature. Kayla McManus, another one of our young lady drivers, the double OK car finishing fourth. And A.J. Poljack in the 36, his familiar number 36 car. He, I'm sorry, check that. The 17P was not A.J. Poljack last night. Uh, that's been a car that's had multiple drivers. It was Ed Sheltman back in the 17P car. Uh, A.J. Poljak was in his 36 car and finished uh, further back in the field. I should say the 17P was, in fact, Ed Sheltman, and he pulls off a top five in the hobby stocks. Another family. Oh, I should go back and mention the hobby stock feature I mentioned I mentioned uh, Cody Catellus, the 2K of John Catellus. This is a brand new car for them this year. Uh, not sure where they came up with it, but another hobby stock. Cody driving the 1K. Uh, John Catellus driving the 2K and in a 17, check that, an 18 car field, uh, John Catellus finishes in the seventh position. So quite a showing for the Catellus family. And in another family that really did well uh, on Saturday night, we start with the open four cylinders, uh, eight cars showing up for the open four cylinders. And the winner was Philip Bubeck in the number two car, John Gill finishing in second position, that's our open fours, and we move to the Young Guns, where younger brother Noah Bubeck pulled off the win in the Young Gun division. So, uh, pretty good showing for a couple of different families on Saturday night, and it's really good to see. And obviously, Don and fans, uh, you know the family aspect of racing, how important it is, how how out there it is, and uh, not only do actual families there, but it is one great big racing family. Uh, I took an opportunity to speak to the crowd personally last night, I went or Saturday night, I went down and looked right up at the grandstands. I thanked everybody for their understanding. Uh, it's no secret, this has been a difficult year for everybody, and we have been thrilled at the loyalty of our fans, and we just so much appreciate them. We're going to look ahead uh, to the next three weeks. It's a regular five-division show. That's the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, our PPM. MS Pro Stocks, the Keystone Coach Works Hobby Stocks, 
the open four cylinders and the young guns and I'm getting uh, some inkling that we might be adding another young gun just three cars in the field uh, I should say that Noah Bubeck beat out uh, a couple of Camerons that's Cameron Hollister and Cameron Lambert in the young guns and there is rumors in the in the rumor mill that there might be an Osmer driving a young gun car somewhere in the near future. I'm catching that through social media, so we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, it's a great division for the young folks to start in four cylinders, uh, no contact allowed, very safe on a big track in a, in a fully enclosed car. Uh, somebody that maybe doesn't want to spend much more time or no time at all in go-karts can go to a full-size car, and it's been a really good division for, uh, for getting a lot of careers underway. There's a lot of folks in other divisions at BPMS who got their start in the young guns, and it's really good to see some of these youngsters as I said, the next three weeks, we have uh, three regular shows, as I mentioned, five division shows. Then on August the 8th, it's the Jook George Steel City Classic, and that will go back-to-back -back by the 15th of August when we do the Ed Laboon Memorial for the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. been a weird year. It's been strange to have to sort of jam all these things together in one place. Uh, the decision was made, and we announced to the crowd last night that we're going to focus on racing and racing only this year. That said, uh, we will not be having a Champions Night. Uh, we will not be having a uh, bike race, uh, bike races, and we are going to forego uh, one of our most popular events of the year, and that's our autograph night. And that's unfortunate for everybody, but uh, in this era of having to practice social distancing, especially where PPMS is located and one of the hot spots in the state here in Allegheny County, uh, we have to tread quite lightly when it comes to social distancing and uh, and other things as well. So those three events will be put on hold until 2021, when we hope things are back to what we remember as normal and we appreciate the loyalty again of our fans so three more shows three more regular shows coming up the Jook George then the Ed Laboon got a big month coming up here as we wrap up uh, July and move into August pretty soon and that's it from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway reporting for Rapping on Racing I'm Jim Zufall Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochrane when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on Number One Cochrane sales and service, go to Cochrane.com. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, 
Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Lernerville Speedway is the action track, with racing every Friday night from April to October. Thousands of loyal fans flock to Don Martin's Lernerville Speedway in Sarver, PA. The excitement of watching drivers and their machines compete on a super-fast dirt track is exhilarating and habit-forming. Weekly shows include 410 Sprint Cars, Super Late Models, Big Block Modifieds, and Pro Stocks. Special events feature the World of Outlaw Sprints, the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup, the World of Outlaws Late Model Firecracker 100, Steel City Stampede Modified Tour, Enduros, Kids Bike Races, Demo Derbies, and Bus Races. Make your plans to visit the action track on Friday nights. Gates open at 5 with racing at 7.30. Lernerville Speedway! Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochrane when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochrane sales and service, go to Cochrane.com. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. We're at Sharon Speedway for the Lou Blaney Memorial, and jo joining us is Dave Blaney. Dave, you know, it's been many years since your dad passed, but to come back to Sharon, your home track, You've had success with one win here earlier this year. How much does it mean to you to come back to, to promote this race for your family and for your, in honor of your dad? Yeah, it's big for um, it's big for all of us, the whole family. <clears throat> Just having this night, it just keeps getting great support from the fans. Um, you know, since it's turned into an all-star race, great support all the way around. Um, great drivers coming. So, uh, fun, fun event, biggest event. Uh, we have all year, in my opinion, and biggest one I get to go to. So uh, I'm grateful to everybody that, that helps put it together. In, in this crazy time of Corona, I'm sitting here, you know, we're doing the interview in the pits, but the front grandstands, the back grandstands, they're full. Uh, and that's I, in honor of what your dad did. It's just such a gentleman, so much to the sport and what it's meant for this area. Yeah, I think so. You know, there's a... Um, probably half the people here or more more than half the people here never saw him race i'm sure you know it's it's been so long since he raced but you know still lots of support so that's um that is a great feeling for us you know this year the sprint car it, it has a throwback scheme to your dad's car it's a red with number 10 and you know 
red and white and black on it. Um, what was the the symbol behind that? Just that particular style. Yeah, it's just um, uh, a car about. He had about 67, 68. Um, it's the same look as he had back then. Just a car I liked back in the day, and and uh, just picked it and went went with it. So it's. Uh, I smile every time I walk into the shop and see it. Yeah, and then it has, you know, the Ryan Blaney Foundation on that. And, and I've seen some of the videos that you and Ryan have done. Again, how special it is to get Ryan involved in this now, being that he really never got to see so much of the sprint car racing part of your, your career. Yeah, his foundation does a great job raising money for Alzheimer's, um, big money. And uh, they, his, whole, his whole group, you know, Ryan and, um, you know, Lisa, my wife, his mother, Aaron, our, my, my daughter, um, even Ryan's management group, everybody really pitches in and makes it makes it work for for money, you know, fundraising all year long for that. And um, very cool thing for him to get into. Pretty proud of him. You're a two-time winner of your dad's race, 2014 and 2018. How special to win it, win it a third time? Well, really, that's the only reason I'm racing this year is just to come to this race. So um, we ran a couple weeks ago here, and who knows if we'll run again, but. Um, yeah, I just like to be a part of it. To win it would be crazy. There's there's so many good cars here. It'd be tough uh, for us to be a part timer and come out here and win. But hey, um, you can't win if you don't show up. So we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never say never. And maybe that maybe that lose magic uh, will throw you one more magic moment to Dave Blaney. Uh, we'll need it. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Listeners, we're at the Lou Blaney Memorial, and joining me is Kate Blaney. Kate, this is going to be the, or currently the 12th year of the Lou Blaney Memorial. In your wildest dreams, would you have ever thought upon Lou's passing, when you had the first one, that we would be in year 12, and now the success and what it's brought to the fans of this area, but also to the Alzheimer's Association? I would not have believed that at all, but how blessed we all are that it's happening. You know, Lou was one in a million, and I think any race fan that you talk to that either knew Lou or didn't know Lou, he was a gentleman in all capacities. I don't think there's one person that's ever had a bad thing to say about Lou, but I think the thing that I've noticed over the last few years, and this event is a one-day event. It's not like you're planning it 365 days prior to this for that. But, you know, just tell, you know, the listeners, Kate, you know, this one-day event, which is now in year 12, how much it means to you and how much it's brought to the Alzheimer's Association. Are you meaning in dollars? In how dollars, much? yes. Uh, since 2009 through 2019, we have given at least, probably more, $87,000 to the Alzheimer's. And it's not us that's giving it. It's the fans that allow us to do that. We just do, we just collect the money and give it to the Alzheimer's. And it, it you know, unfortunately, you know, that's, it was, you know, it's a terrible disease, but, you know, you've made people aware of it through this particular race. And, you know, over the years, you've had some, you know, their first inaugural winner being Tony Stewart. Then to have Dave win it in 2014 and again in 2018 winning his dad's race and to have Dale win it last year, just for that 
Blaney legacy, you know, I'm, I'm sure it put a smile on your face and everybody in your families, but I guess, you know, you know, and, and lose some whimsical ways looking down and saying, I'm really proud of my boys. Lou was always proud of his boys, and really no matter what they did, he was always proud of them and instilled thoughts of helping other people and being kind and considerate and um, just living a good life. You know, we can't keep track of what Dave does. You know, Dave is, and I had an interview with him earlier this evening. This race means a lot to him. And, you know, he was here a couple weeks ago shaking a car down. And he told me, he says, you know, Dave, uh, I probably wouldn't even be here other than it's my dad's race. And if if I'm out one more time this year, that would be a surprise to me. But it's just to be back home with mom and the family and for this race, it means that much to me. Dave and Dale both think of their father as their hero. That's all I can say. He is just a hero to them, and they honor him in any way they can, this race being one of them. And, and, and we talked prior to the interview, Kate. I mean, we have in this crazy time right now with uh, what's going on in the world with this pandemic, the fans, again, as we talked earlier, maybe 50% never met Lou or never even heard of Lou. The other 50% percent do and they've they've carried that legacy on and, and you is you know Lou's wife how proud of you are to have the fans still remember Lou because I know when you get down there at intermission you're going to tell a little bit of a story of Lou and some of the things that transpires and I, I think that keeps that memory alive and it's fresh and to do it every year to, to benefit many many people I think it's it's a great benefit Some of the greatest times I have talking to people is when they tell me their favorite story of a Lou race. And they will go in detail telling me how much they enjoyed it. And so that's what I really like is when people share their love for the sport and for Lou. I had a chance to to see, in addition to talking to Dave, I I had a chance to talk to Rico Abreu. And I said, when you guys come to these races, whether it's you or Cal, whoever, over the years, Tony, they see that Lou Blaney Memorial, and that's a bucket list thing that you can say that you want to win. And once you've won it, you know, it, it's not the dollars of what the purse pays, but to say, I am a winner of any Lou Blaney Memorial, it means that much, both in the sprints and in the modifies, because I think, you know, a lot of people either know Lou from the modified or not from the sprints or vice versa, and to put, you know, two stellar races on for the last 12 years. It's a testament to you and your family. It means a lot to me that the drivers do want to win this special race. To say, we, I won the Lou Blaney Memorial, uh, they get a beautiful trophy. It's a cup that's just unbelievably how gorgeous it is. And it's just one of those little notches in their racing life that they can say, I won the Lou Blaney Memorial. And because you know the best cars are here, and Lou was one of the best drivers. You know, just you know, wrapping things up, I know you got to, as we wrap things up, just in conclusion, I know there's one thing that you want to say, and you're going to say it in intermission, but you can tell all the listeners that one thing that you want to say, and I know what it is. It's just to say thank you for honoring Lou because he was a special man. Thank you so much, and thank you for all in the Blaney family do to put this race on.
here at the Lou Blaney Memorial at Sharon Speedway, and with us is quick qualifier tonight, Rico Abreu. Rico, welcome to uh, Wrapping on Racing. Uh, you've had multiple visits to Sharon Speedway, set fast time tonight. You've had a grueling, we'll say, 18 days out in the road. Uh, first of all, with the PA Speed Week, and now with Ohio, you uh, had a win the other night uh, over at Musk Kingdom. So, you know, how would you rate your, you know, your your Speed Weeks thus far? Yeah, it's been a, a great, you know, swing here of a lot of racing. So um, just making sure that my guys stay healthy and, um, you know, with all these race dates, uh, it can get really grueling. So uh, our car has been really consistent, and I'm looking forward to uh, finishing the weekend off strong here. I pulled a picture up. We were talking before the interview uh, back, I think it was 2017, with Carson and Kyle when Kyle went out here. How special would it be to to you to win the Lou Blaney Memorial? Lou was the you know consummate, and you know with Dave and Dale and the Blaney family, so it would be a great race to win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's I know how special this race is to the Blaney family, and um, you know there's so many cars here supporting. So many people came out to support this race, and they bumped the purse up. So it's just really cool to see. The effort that everyone puts in, even the little detailed things, um, you know, that Dave and Dale do for the sprint car racing, um, just makes this such a great event. Rico, you've had an opportunity throughout the last few months to race without fans. You know, you, you went out for qualifying, and I saw you up there, you know, on the quad checking things out. What a crowd tonight here at Sharon Speedway. How how much as a driver do you feed off the fans, you know, here in the pit lanes right now, signing autographs? Yeah, it's a lot of positive energy in the pits here in the grandstand. So it's great to be racing in front of fans. Um, you know, our, our country needs to get back on track here. And um, it sounds like, seems like some of these states are are, uh, are on track to have uh, sprint car racing back at, at their local tracks. And, um, you know, the All-Star Circuit of Champions does a great job promoting these events. So, uh, you know, and, and what can it be any better, a speed week race at, Sharon, uh, one of the best tracks in Ohio. Well, Rico, we're going to let you get back. Uh, you know, fast time this evening. Hopefully you have a good heat, and maybe we'll see the 24 Rio Vineyards uh, parked in Victory Lane. Thank you. I appreciate it. All-Star Circuit of Champions victory lane for the first time of his career, Kale Conley. A big hug from Stacy Kemenaw, and we'll get in the checkered flag and a hug from crew chief Brian Kemenaw and family down here, wife Emma, son Louie, and we'll get him to go up top here. I think a first All-Star win certainly deserving of a wing dance. There he goes. Up top, make some noise, his first all-star win, Kale Conley! <laughs> Kale, boy, the other night was heartbreak. Tonight, you absolutely had to earn that one. Can you just kind of walk us through that the last, let's talk, hour, say, on just how kind of maybe frustrating that was. It seemed like every time we get going, we get five laps done. Yellow or red, three laps, yellow or red. And you're just trying to continue to find a rhythm. Yeah, that was really 
a long damn race. Um, I was hot and sweaty. I was ready to see the five to go, ten to go. I was ready to see at least the halfway. It seemed like it took a while, but I'm so happy to win uh, here on the Lou Blaney night. Um, this is such a special night for my wife, Emma, and, you know, our little boy's name's Louie. So, so cool, you know, first all-star win in front of a great crowd. Um, that was a long race, and I just kept asking God on those restarts, you know, just help me focus here and, and uh I, I had some really good guys behind me and you know i i just was trying to hang on for dear life you think it was one of those things maybe uh it was meant to be tonight the first all-star win oh absolutely um you know this this race car was was so good you know since first night out it's a brand new car we, we tore one up last night and th that just shows you how lucky i am to work with brian kim and all and, and nate and stacy i mean uh unreal you know first night on the car and we're we're here in victory lane um made my job really easy uh just like i said i can't, I can't show uh my appreciation to everybody uh the blaney's um you know that 10 car is really fast here so it's also nice to be beat that guy too okay oh, we'll let you enjoy victory lane here congratulations thank you very much thanks everybody kill conley his first career all-star circuit of champions win comes at the Lou Blaney Memorial and a $7,500 check. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact fine. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, Give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. 
And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, from time to time, you know I like to get out and talk to things that are dealing with racing. And this next person that we're going to talk to definitely deals with racing. Obviously, her husband races. And uh, Jennifer McPherson, welcome to Rapping on Racing. Uh, you're a big part of, obviously, Corey's uh, racing career. But, that, but we're not going to talk about Corey this evening. We're going to talk about you and what you do with the Lernerville's Kid Club. I... I'm going to throw some numbers out and correct me if I'm wrong. Is this like the second year that you've been like fully in charge of it? Uh, yeah, second or third year we're doing it now, and uh, we're doing it every Fab Four night. What made you want to do it? Now, obviously, you're qualified with two little ones. <laughs> uh, uh, and let's talk about them. I mean, the one's cute as can be, and she understands that the other one, I think she's the big sister's uh, kind of venturing out a little bit now and maybe doesn't want to do a couple of the things. But I know you'd mentioned earlier that, you know, Lisa Hartman and some other people do this. And so for our listeners, so that if they get here early on a Fab Four night, let's say where you do that and, you know, how you can be involved in the club if you want to help out and, and what are the prerequisites to have the kids uh, come in. Mm-hmm. So we do every Fab Four night, and it's from 6.30 to 7.30 under the tor- Turn 4 grandstands here at Lernerville. Uh, we are doing a lot of activities for the kids, and we take them up at 7.30 to the flag stand to say the Pledge of Allegiance and be part of the opening ceremony. So just trying to get the kids involved, and hopefully this is the next uh, generation of racers that we are helping to grow up and learn uh, what it's like to grow up at Lernerville. In this crazy times with Corona and just some of the things that have been happening the last, you know, the past three months, Jennifer, to me, to bring the kids up there and, and do the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, one, they actually understand it, they have it memorized, and it just puts a, a nice twist on the evening. You know, Tim Tumman then falls with the invocation, and then we have the national anthem, and uh, like you said, if we don't teach these kids uh, what racing's about, uh, you know, me, I'm getting old. I, I am old now. <laughs> you don't have to laugh. You don't have to agree. But, uh, you know, my, my time is ending, and, you know, it's great to see the kids out there. But what are some of the activities that you do? I know back behind the grandstands, you had an opportunity, and I think it was last year or early this spring, I can't remember. It was probably last year that the kids got the paint. A bus. Now, does that bus at all ever get a chance to come into pits and then take them around and visit the drivers? So we're working on getting some seats in the bus and then, you know, making it safe for the kids to be in the bus with us. And then we are planning to bring it through the pits on some Fab Four nights. Yeah, gosh forbid we don't have seat belts, face mask, <laughs> and whatever are there. Those times I remember as a kid, you know, I mean, your parents threw you in the, on the back of the, in the car somewhere, and you know, you could look in the station wagon, look out the window. But those days are gone. But Again, with the activities, you know, you're pretty creative. I, I, I see you what last, you know, last year you had like a little carnival thing going mm-hmm. there with Bunko or whatever the heck the stuff was. And yeah. it was just a lot of fun for the kids. Yeah, so we're planning to kind of, we have to revise our schedule now that hopefully we're racing until the end of or middle of, middle of October now. So we need to revise our schedule a little bit, but we're planning on having the carnival again and um, we're planning on maybe having the kids paint some rocks and hide them around the speedway with, you know, car numbers and different sayings on them. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to have the autism night again because we were trying to get the kids to participate in a bake sale to raise money for autism awareness. So 
Uh, just trying to get as many kids involved and I think you asked earlier how you get involved and it's just you come and show up so um, there's no cost to anything we have all the supplies already on hand so we're just looking to get as many kids as we can. Jennifer what are what are the age groups that uh, the kids club is I mean obviously it's got to be you know say two years old up but we, is it up until a certain age like 11 or 12? So we didn't really put a cap on it. I have some siblings that have younger kids and they, you know, the, the older siblings want to come and sometimes depending on what craft we're doing or sometimes we do something where we ice cupcakes and stuff so the older kids enjoy that. Uh, so we really haven't put a cap on it. So, um, you know, any age, if you want to come on down and help us out any night or... Well, if you hide a cupcake for me, I know I'm all in for trying to... Myself and Don Gamble will try to find that cupcake somewhere. I'm not going to... I'll never turn a cupcake down. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're going to try and do some other activities, some surprise activities. Uh, you know, I was talking to Big E and Gary Heeman and we were talking about getting some water balloons and some pies out, so everybody better watch out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Again, with all this craziness that's going on, I know, you know, Big E talks about it and Gary Heeman, but if somebody would want to reach out to you, in other words, say like, okay, well, we can message Lernerville Speedway and the Thompson family, is there a way that they can perhaps reach to you as well? Yeah, so Lisa and I usually just say to reach out to us on Facebook. So it's Jen McPherson or Jennifer McPherson is my name on Facebook. And then Lisa Hartman is under Lisa Hartman on Facebook. So uh, we're always looking for donations. I think a lot of times we get support from like AJ Flick. will give us some signed stuff for the kids to hand out. So if there's any drivers that are looking to give us any anything signed or autographed and I think we've also had a lot of businesses reach out and maybe want to donate a bike to our bike rate uh, bike raffle and things like that so um, looking to reach out to us on Facebook if you're interested so there will be some type of bike raffle at some point later on the year yeah so we had it planned for August like right before uh, championship night but we'll probably push that back so we have a little bit more time to gather up some toys and bikes well, for myself that had a kids program uh, with, my, with my cars over the year, I really commend you what you're doing because, like you said, that those are our next, those are our future, and without that, we're not going to have it. So for myself and Don at Rapping on a Race, we thank you for what you're doing, and best of luck. And, and, and this big kid's going to be down there at some point this year. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. This portion of today's program was brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Adrenaline, cover to cover, three great magazines have become one excellent monthly racing publication, Dirt Monthly Magazine. You'll get more features, more pictures, and more short track racing action in a new, massive, more than 150-page Dirt Monthly Magazine. Combining the best of Dirt Late Model, Dirt Modified, and Flat Out Magazines to create a bigger and better full-color monthly magazine with exclusive sections for each type of dirt track racing into this one monthly publication. Dirt Monthly will also include a special Street Stock and Weekend Warrior section. Dirt Monthly is all things dirt track racing. Exclusive features, loads of full-color photos, driver interviews, tech articles, and big event recaps, all in the one more than 150-page full-color magazine. For more information, contact 3Wide Media at 888-806-4611 or 3WideMedia.com.
The Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway schedule is jam-packed again for the 2020 season. Every Saturday night through October, you can enjoy five big divisions of racing action and so much more. Each action event features the Deal Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models, the PPMS Pro Socks, the Keystone Coachworks Hobby Socks, the Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Add to that special appearances by the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, the Rush Wingless Sprints, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series, and the 410 Wing Sprints. The 2020 season wraps up on October 2nd and 3rd with the 32nd Annual Pittsburgher 100 featuring the stars and cars of the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Gates open every Saturday at 5 p.m. with hot laps at 6 and green flag racing at 7. General admission just $15 for adults. Keep up to date with everything happening at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway by following us on Twitter, at PA Motor Speedway. On Facebook, it's Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And as always, find all the information about PPMS at ppms.com. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. All right, fans, joining us now is Mike Bellardi, the pit steward at Jennerstown Speedway. Mike, thank you for being with us. Good evening, Don. Thanks for having me on. You know, uh, I've been going to Jennerstown since 1970, and I have probably worked with when I was racing or talked to when I was doing wrapping on racing six or seven different pit stewards. Now, I don't want you to get a big head, but I think you're the best one I ever worked with. So that'll give well, that'll give Billy and Benji something to think about. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, they're good guys, and we do have a lot of fun on Saturday nights, and they're some really good friends of mine. They, but they like, and you know, they may they, go ahead. They like to torture you. They do. That's one of Billy's favorite things to do. <laughs> well, he really enjoys giving me a hard time. Let's talk about the poster and explain to the fans. Now, I guess there's a second one now. What is this all about, and how did it start? Well, I uh, the NASCAR modified race, they needed a open and closed pit road flagman, and so I volunteered to do it. And Ben took a picture that day, and uh, from there, Billy took over and put the uh, Be All You Can Be, Be Like Mike, and he posted them everywhere for the Cars Tour show. So we turned it into an autograph session. And wasn't your poster uh, located in some very obvious places throughout the track? Yeah, correct. It was on the pit box of Josh Brock, a Super Series car store driver from Corbin, Kentucky, who's become a pretty good friend of mine. We go back and forth with the Kentucky and Penn State sports. And there was several other. Mike Sweeney, the CRA Pro Late model, had it on his pit box. He actually got it autographed with a picture beside it. Then it kind of took a life of its own. Now there's an, another one with uh, Bubba Pollard. A little bit about that one. How did that happen? Well, again, I just got a picture with Bubba, and Billy Billy took it upon himself to uh, turn that one into a good joke, too. But it's all in fun. It is. We enjoy it. Hey, fun is good. Now, you uh, you had sent me a picture uh, with the, the quote underneath it. I'd like you to share it with the fans about the autograph. It, it said, uh, 
I didn't get my picture taken with Bubba. Bubba got his picture taken with me. I love it. <laughs> you know, other than uh, dealing with uh, Benji and Billy, what is the biggest challenge for a pit steward? I mean, you run a fine show there, uh, smooth as can be. The cars, one race finishes, the next race is ready to go out. What's the toughest part about being pit steward? That's just keeping the show moving. I mean, especially if you have weather coming or something like that. Just getting the cars to line up quick and running a smooth show, and I think everybody there does a good job of doing that. Occasionally, you'll get a driver that's not satisfied with uh, something that's happening there. Uh, how do you handle that? Well, you just you let them talk and scream or do whatever they need to do, and just talk it out with them and get them to calm down. Now, something usually at the end of the week, it's all better. Let's talk a little bit about Rack Hunter Camo. What is that, and how does that fit in up at Jennerstown? Well, they sponsor one of our late model drivers, Albert Francis. He's out of Painesville, Ohio. He's new to the track this year. And uh, they've done a lot for Jennerstown, Rack Hunter Camo. They're always on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, advertising the races and everything like that. So they, they've done a tremendous amount for the Speedway. You know what I'm noticing? As has Albert. What I'm noticing is uh, drivers like him more and more are coming from out of state. And when they come down there, yeah. their comments are, wow, I love this place. i got to come back. Yeah, NASCAR driver uh, Kale Gale has been racing with us this year, and he absolutely loves the place. Um, Elton King from New York has been there. For the last two years, he's going through some bad luck right now, but he'll be back. And last weekend, every driver there just raved about the facility. And that's, you know, that's a tip of the hat to Billy, the job he's done, and all three of the owners, Richard, John, and Larry. Yeah, the management, along with Billy, they're way ahead of the curve here on new things, improvements, uh, making the place better. Every time you turn around, they come up with a new idea that uh, benefits the fans, and that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, and and all the officials do an unbelievable job every Saturday. I mean, it's a big commitment for all these guys. Everybody comes in and gets the job done. Some long hours, hard work, but uh, it really shows in the results. Well, we're coming up on a commercial break. Uh, Are there any closing thoughts, anything you'd like to add? Nope, that's about it. We just have a looking forward to having a good rest of the year. We have the Masters coming up August 8th. We have the Monster Trucks coming up in two weeks. That's about it, Don. We're talking to Mike Bellardi, the pit steward at Jennerstown Speedway. Mike, I want to thank you for being with us, and you have a nice evening. Thanks, Don. You have a great night as well. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter, Rapid on Racing. This portion of today's program is brought to you by number one, Cochrane Automotive. 
a message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Number One Cochrane Automotive began as a small Pontiac dealership in 1965 and quickly became the number one name in Western Pennsylvania automotive sales and service. Today, Number One Cochrane Automotive ranks among the top private dealer groups in the nation with 22 new car dealerships with locations in Allegheny Valley, Butler County, Greensburg, Monroeville, North Hills, Robinson, the South Hills, Irwin, and Zelenopoul. Number One Cochrane can serve the transportation needs of Western Pennsylvania customers unlike any other retailer. The acquisition of Chevrolet, Toyota, and Nissan boosts Number One Cochrane's new vehicle operations to 22 dealerships, representing a great selection of domestic and imported brands. Their mission? Treat customers like honored guests while delivering unparalleled value and selection. That was the goal of founder Bob Cochran when he opened the doors more than 50 years ago. And it's still their goal today. For additional information on number one Cochran sales and service, go to Cochran.com. Lernerville Speedway is the action track with racing every Friday night from April to October. Thousands of loyal fans flock to Don Martin's Lernerville Speedway in Sarver, PA. The excitement of watching drivers and their machines compete on a super-fast dirt track is exhilarating and habit-forming. Weekly shows include 410 sprint cars, super late models, big block modifieds, and pro stocks. Special events feature the World of Outlaw Sprints, the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup, the World of Outlaws Late Model Firecracker 100, Steel City Stampede Modified Tour, Enduros, Kids Bike Races, Demo Derbies, and Bus Races. Make your plans to visit the action track on Friday nights. Gates open at 5 with racing at 7.30. Lernerville Speedway! And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, joining us is Chris Zuber from the UML S series. We'll say Zimmer's UML S series. Just, uh, Chris and I go back a long way. It's probably been some 15 years now. And I first met Chris when we were running uh, our modified We'll just say modified now because there's so many different types anymore. And when Chris was doing both the, the late model series and the, the modified series, and now it's just the late model series. We're here at uh, Thunder Mountain Speedway, and, it, and it's kind of a, a special day for a lot of us because, one, it's opening day for the track, but it's opening night for the Zimmer UMLS late model series. And, Chris, you had so much plan for the 20th anniversary of the series. And I had talked to you back in, in February and March. I saw you at the PRI show. 
many things on dockets, uh, two different type divisions, and then all of a sudden in March, you know, the world basically came to a screeching hop with uh, COVID, and it, it's real, it's out there, and I know, you, you know you've had some people that have had it, and I know you're going to talk about that, but let's just, again, 20 years, can you believe it's 20 years? No, no, I, I don't. I mean, I did this. Um, my cousin, who who, who races, and um, he he was right one of his twenty, going on his twenty fifth season, or something along that line. I said, well, he's gonna race a few more years, and I was really interested in the promoting side of it. And I said, well, it's a time to do this. I don't want to work on anybody else's race car, well, let alone I. I'm here now, twenty years later. You know, my cousin's still racing. He's racing his fiftieth season, so. I don't. Know. I, I, I guess that wasn't a really good decision on my end. If, um, I could still be throwing wrenches for him, but it's been a, it's been a hell of a ride for the last twenty years. You know, Chris. Not only have you dabbled as being a series promoter, you took it upon for many years to, to maybe be masochistic almost and also promote McKean County and that's just like I mean I know it's in your backyard but still to have the double whammy with that and, and still work and raise a family is hard it was very hard um my life and my home was at the racetrack um if people wanted to come see me my family wanted to come see me when, I, when we had McKean they came to the racetrack um my birthday uh, I was working at the racetrack and they finally came over at 10 o'clock at night uh and it was like fall classic week and and they said hey you um, you need to come home. I said, well, I got stuff I have to finish for, for this weekend. They go, you need to come home. The kids are still up. up. They got school in the morning. They have presents and cake waiting for you. You know, and, and it, it was, it's my passion. It's a, you know, I have a real job, like everybody else does, but it's a passion I always enjoyed and love. And, uh, McKean was fun. Uh, a lot of heartaches, a lot of headaches. Um, it was fun. And I don't envy any racetrack owner or promoter, um, this year with everything that's happening um with covid it's been a has been a complete na- nightmare especially the track operators up in new york state i mean they they still many of those that still haven't even opened some may not even open this year and uh i just hope they all survive you know chris through this journey and we're doing this and i i, I don't know what you call it well i don't and i don't say well it's the war wagon but i think this is number this is the second one now your mom has been with you Every step away. Oh, okay, hold on. I missed a couple there. Okay, well, it, you know, over 20 years, what the heck? I mean, that's like one every five years. That's not really too, too bad. But, uh, you know, your mom um, and then your stepdad, when he was living, such a big part of your life. But yet, when I come to the races and I see UMLS, I think of your mom. One of the first persons I make a beeline for before you is your mom. And it's just, you know, we've had this bonding in. You know, she's with you every step of the way. I mean, how many moms are there for you, let alone help you out at the racetrack? But she drives the motor coach. Yeah, a lot of times she does drive the motor coach, um, uh, especially the, the old one. That, that was holes. This one I, I bought um, since I broke holes last year, and it was not replaceable. Um, I'm just glad we made a home from Port Royal because we didn't think we were, I think, a five-cylinder on the way home. And there was a couple of those hills. I was like, oh, God, I hope we, hope we make it. You step on the gas going downhill so you, so you get the speed going uphill, and then the speedometer goes down as you're going downhill and you're hitting the gas. There's there issues there. Um, but, no, Mom has been there uh, faithfully, um, you know, f- everything. Um, try not to choke up here. <laughs> um, I couldn't ask for a better, better mother, uh, be honest with you. Um, we've had, you know, like, 
any mother, mother and son. We've had our moments. Um, there's nights I, um, she should have just told me to pack it and walked away and left me hanging. But um, and afterwards, I've had to apologize to her, and oh, next morning wake up and apologize to her, and and it's a new day, you know. And, and that's all what we always did is, and that's the way I am in life. Whatever happens today, um, tomorrow is a new day. And and, and as I obviously I've gotten older, and, and I still try not to lose my temple, but you know I do have a temple as many people do, but life is too down short anymore to get too upset in life and uh, I now I have children uh, that look at uh, look up at me, up at me um, so I try to be a good role model for them as well um, and you know I said mom's been there from day one when we first did that first show Utica Roman and that was and if you don't know Utica Roman that's like 30 40 minutes east of Syracuse and it was in 2000 and the closest late true late mile was Dan Stone and we had 23 cars for that show, and uh, it was before Vic Coffey and any of those guys had late models. So we actually brought late models to Central New York, our very first show uh, we ever had. And um, mom had, mom didn't have a clue what, she, what what to do, what she she was doing. And honestly, I thought I had I had a pretty good idea. I found out real quickly I didn't have a half an idea what what I was doing. And you know things grew. I mean slowly, slowly, and. 2005, uh, it was a very bad season. We didn't even have a show. Uh, we had three shows scheduled. They all got rained out. And that rental couldn't get a show. And I was the only show I had was the Woodhall Late Mile Reunion with Rod Beeler and Roger Morris. That, that, that was their, it was their deal. And uh, it was just our sanctioning. I just called Rod up and said, uh, um, it was February 2006. And I said, uh, I'm not going to do the Woodhall show with you this year. He goes, why not? I said, you know, I don't have no dates. Nobody wants to do anything. And I said, then, I'm okay with that. You know, this was supposed to be a hobby, an experiment, experiment. It was fun. And, you know, it's reality. And he, and he told me right then and there. He goes, Chris, he goes, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to get a phone call from Ken Lee. I said, why Ken? He goes, well, Ken, myself, and Tom Gleason, and later on, Rich Yeager came on board about a month later. Um, we're taking over McKean County Raceway from the Duffies. They're not coming back. And we want you to do all the UMS late marshals. And... I, I could have cried. And I always remember these words from Rod. Zuv, you still got friends. And that was quote and quote. It sticks in my head. And, and over the years, you know, you, you remember little things. Little things like that I remember. And uh, Rod's still announcing. He's been, he announces for my stuff of uh, McKean for many years. Uh, still announces that Sunday night at Bradford Speedway. I was up there with him this past Sunday night. I'll be there this Sunday night with him because I'm the race director up there for the, for the track. And um, it's, you know, those little moments like that has really helped springboard me. And actually, that actually springboard where we're at today. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that, we would not be here today. Honest to God. And, um... And honestly, that same year, we, um, those, those guys decided to do the very first Fall Classic. And it was like, well, we'll do a $5,000 show. Okay. And then they, well, if we want to do this, let's do, let's do a $10,000 show. We've never been a $10,000 show at McKean County Raceway. And they looked at me and they go, have you done a $10,000 show? And I just laughed. I haven't done a, a $3,000 show. Well, we had our very first $10,000 show. And obviously, we know the McKean County Fall Classic became a big, big hit for many, many years there. And um, that show actually put the series on the map and um you know chris you know from you're from a standpoint that we always say that you know sometimes that fan in the stand 
uh, you know, that maybe you will then purchase a car and drive. And this was your dream. And when you started that, I mean, I, I mean, you're not old by any means, but uh, you were, you know, you were a young kid there. And and when you start something that's not established, and you're going against the norm, the series that were out there, and there were many twenty yes. some years ago, and if you know they're come and gone, you know, basically right now. I mean, you have Fast Track series, you have, you know, World of Outlaws, and you have Lucas Oil, and then, you know, you have your niche in the up, upstate New York, uh, western Pennsylvania, and in, now into central PA. But, fans, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and we when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Chris Suver. The 39th edition of the National Speedway Directory Book has info on over 1,200 racing facilities. Detailed information with addresses, exact directions, phone numbers, websites, nights of operation, and types of racing are included in this handy paperback book. There are also listings for sanctions, publications, museums, and schedules. The National Speedway Directory is essential in planning vacations and race outings in advance. The fourth edition of the History of America Speedways has updated information on over 9,000 auto racing facilities that have existed since the dawn of the automobile. There is data on the town they were located, various names, sizes of each track, and years operated. This hardcover book covers oval tracks, road courses, and drag strips, and has photos spread throughout. For more information on these two must-have books, call 847-853-0294 or order online at speedwaysonline.com. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Stars, IndyCar, IHRA, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, NHRA, Rush, USAC, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews, and listeners' emails. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter. Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Quite frankly, there's no other program like it on the air today. Rapid on Racing. Why not be a part of the weekly action? And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, we're back, and joining us is Chris Zimmer from the Zimmer UMLS series. Chris, we've really talked about the early beginnings in the UMLS and in your mom, but in 2014, your series was really taking off. I think at that point, you both had the modified series and the late model series, and then something came up and I'll just kind of let you tell the listeners about it and it was a really good opportunity but then sometimes the door opens and the door closes just as quickly and it did and it really set what you had worked so hard for four or five years back a couple of years so let's talk about it Chris actually actually, it started a year before that in 2013 Uh, John Kennedy Actually, I lost my title sponsor um, of Dave Grady of Novantio Incorporated. You know, he'd been on board for five years, and you know, he wasn't upset enough, and just it was time for him to move on. And uh, I was told, "Why don't you reach out to John Kennedy?" I said, "He's in Arizona. He ain't want 
do, do nothing with me. Well, finally, I did reach out to him. He never got back to me. And like a month later, he, he called me up. So yeah, he goes, I'll do something for you. And, and he goes, I'll give you X amount of dollars and be a title sponsor that year. That year in 2013, um, um, we had, actually it was 2012 that actually happened. 2013, that's when John decided to take the racetrack over at McKean, and I was the general manager there. We had 52 shows between the two schedules, the E-Mods and Late Models. Um, on top of that, we also won a McKean County Raceway. Um, so we, I was quite busy. I mean, I, I'm in the month of July. I raced, I was at a racetrack, whether it was McKean or on the road, 18 out of 31 days. I mean, we were racing almost every night of the week. It, it just, it was great. Um, as we all know, the NDOL folded, hit, hit some hard times in 2014, and obviously I hope McKean County race. That was shortly after, if I remember, Chris, that was somewhere around, like right after the race at Pittsburgh or some, shortly after that? Yeah, we did, we did a spring race, they did a couple of other races in, in, in May, and they, something, something happened in June, and in and, and July, like early July, it was, it was done. Everything was folded up. Or in the end of June, it was, it was all folded up, and um, it, you know, it put a big hole with me. Um, and I got my series back from John because at that time it was the NDOL, you know, NDOL Northeast because we merged the deal, and we we patched four or five shows that year. And the following season, um, I think we had like six or seven shows, but it was difficult because. I, you know, everything that went wrong with NDOL, I was still labeled with, and even even like when I went to PRI, nobody wanted. I mean, they didn't, say they didn't want to talk to me. They just didn't want to touch me. And when we came back through after 2015 into the 2016 season, went back to PRI. Everybody that I had to be on sponsors before, you know, welcome back. You know, we, we just had to sit back and wait and see. You know, you know where you were at, and you know, it, you know, um, and you know, corporations and vendors they were just void, and. We slowly started rebuilding, and actually, it, t- it took a year for me to enjoy racing again. And it was actually this racetrack. We came to this racetrack. Uh, I actually went to e- the week before we went to Erie for the Outlaw Race. I went. I was handing out flowers from McKean County Raceway Fall Classic, and it was actually actually Maggie Smith, which is Chubb's daughter. Uh, she came running over me and about jump- literally jumped on me and almost knocked me over. And I- obviously, when I got to the campsite handing out flowers, she goes. We love you. We did not upset you. We understand what happened. We, we are fully behind you. The following week, we came here, and Bo Lockwood had to had the racetrack at that then. Um, he walked up with his uh, um, big warm arms. We had a really good car race that night. I think it was the Echo Memorial. And from that point on, it was the best time I felt about being at a racetrack in, in, in a year and a half. Well, sometimes you have to. I mean, when you get a blow like that, and, and you, you know, you, got, you again, you you were up, then you were down. Now you have to go back up, and it takes time to that. But one of the things that makes the sport we love so much in racing is you never know when someone's going to come forward. And I know the Zimmers from racing up at Raceway Seven and Erie's with Russ Dunn over the years in the Modifieds, and and, and out of nowhere. If you want to say you rubbed the genie lamp and the genie popped out, you couldn't ask for a better title sponsor that's been with you now. I'm guessing five. I could be off five years. Five years. Five years. Ron came out of nowhere. I mean, I knew the name. I did not know who he was, and I'll tell you how the story happened. Uh, 2014, McKean County Fall Classic. Um, I was put in a position that I had forced to race on a Sunday. Uh, that we, it was our rain date. I had to cut a puss, 
and I did the worst thing as a promoter in my life. And I was the worst promoter in the country. I mean, I read all the things on race studs and Bill's late model back then and, and uh, 4M. And I was the rogue promoter for NDOL and blah, blah, blah. And it really hurt. Um, but as I stood up there and told the guys what I had to do at the driver's meeting with tears running on my face. Did not know it at that time. But Ron Zimmer told his son, he goes, if I have a chance to help that young man, I'm going to do it. Well, the following year, not the following year, he didn't help us. Uh, year after that, it was be 2016. Ron came, called me out of blue, and I knew the name, but didn't know who he was. I mean, he could walked up to me, I would never know who he was. And he says, "I want to be your title sponsor." And it's been a very good partnership, a very good marriage. He's a hell of a good friend. And the thing is, really, that he comes to the races with you. He's just—I mean, he's not one of these that just funds the. You know, puts the money in the bank account. He's out there riding on the golf cart. I mean, I I think it's a throwback to him. He's a, he's like a kid at a, at a candy store running around at a racetrack each week. But again, to have a sponsor that won, and, and I know his son raced, and and he helped so many people up in that area area, and now he's helping you. And it's just now you know you've dropped the modifieds the last few years, and you've concentrating on the la late models, and you know. Coming into this year, there was so much that was scheduled for you, yeah. and we could go another hour on this, which we're not going to do. I mean, there was a north and a, a central and a north or a north and a south, but, you know, I had an opportunity earlier this afternoon to sit down and uh, talk with Max Blair. He's your two-time defending UMLS champion, and, and he, you know, what Max Blair does on the racetrack is extraordinary but he also is the face because of what he does for the series yes. and, and it, that brings cars and competition to the races no matter where you go because max is going to be there each and every week but you know just in conclusion chris there's you know it's just there's not a whole lot that we can say like i said i, I when i was chatting with max i mean here's a guy that basically has he doesn't have to race for a living, but that's primarily what he does. And he's telling me that he doesn't know from hour to hour, let day to day, what's going to happen and uh, where he's going to race. He can tell me he's going to be at Thunder Mountain tonight and maybe Roaring Knob tomorrow and Erie's back on Sunday. But you're going to tell me something that no one else knows. Yeah, um, we actually have a new date coming up. Uh, obviously, we, next Sunday, we're at Bradford at uh, Speedway, which we announced uh, a few weeks ago. But uh, it's going to be confirmed this, uh, this afternoon with Joe Padula at uh, Bedford Speedway on July 31st, which was supposed to be the uh, night uh, they were off of the county fair. Obviously, there's no county fair this year. We are bringing the Bedford Summer Fest. Fest. That's what we're calling it. 40 laps, $4,000 win. Four hundred dollars to start. It's uh, roughly a, roughly eighteen thousand dollar payoff. Uh, as you know, not too many late mile sanctions get into Bedford Speedway, and we were blessed to be there last year with the the Labor Day f uh, 55, and we had uh, I think 36 race cars show up. They were extremely happy with that race, and I mean we were back there this year for the Labor Day 55. And I said Joe contacted me a few days ago out of blue and said, Hey, would you, would you be interested in doing this on this date? And uh, I said, let me get back to you. I got to make sure I don't have nothing going on with my new job. Now, my old job, I could, you know, I had a lot of 
a lot of vacation time. New job. I'm working on vacation time. So uh, I made some arrangements with my boss, and uh, I texted him back and said, "Real good." And um, and so this this afternoon, I just texted him and I said, "Hey, um, are we still good for that date?" He goes, "Yes, we are." So you, you heard it right here live and rapping on racing. Um, July 31st, United Late Mile Series. The Zimbabwe Silver United Late Mile Series will be at Bedford Speedway. A lot of history at that track. Real fast track. You know, it's out there. Uh, it's different. You kind of go up and down. You know, it's kind of like in a roaring knob track. But the speeds you get up there. And, you know, one of the things I think that's going to be great is I, I know the series was scheduled to run that area this year. So now you might get some of the guys that might come up from... Virginia, Maryland, but again, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen in what we have from day to day. But Chris, just in conclusion, anyone else you'd like to thank? Oh, I got to thank my family. Oh, um, my wife, Mandy, um, and obviously my, we already talked about mom. Um, my, Mandy, the last five, four years, five years, uh, she's been through a lot of me, this this crazy sport. Uh, my stepdaughter here, Hannah, sitting beside me. Uh, my stepson, Jacob, who's not here. And, and my two kids, uh, um, they've they've literally grown up watching me at the racetrack and, and races. And now my, my boy, Trevor, he's he's my right-hand man um, in, the, in the pits. Uh, Trevor yeah, he's set, grown up you know, from, he's that, gro- from that little <laughs> boy that I once knew to yeah. he's he's def- a young man. Yeah, he's, he definitely has. And uh, him, him and Allison, and, and Allison doesn't have much to do with the series anymore. I mean, she's 21. She's now, uh, she's actually, the reason she's here this weekend, she has a month off of, from work from being an airline stewardess. Um, but, you know, my family um, and all the sponsors and uh, has supported me over the years. And every driver and every fan, if, if you just made one race of my races over the years, Utica Rome or our last race, which was here at Thunder Mountain last September, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for a wonderful 20 years, and I plan to be in another 20 years down the road. <laughs> Try not to cry, Dave. Uh, uh, hey, if you don't have emotion in this sport, you're not, you're not part of the sport. But just in conclusion, we're going to wrap again. We, we, we wrap this up, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at some swag there. Oh, Where yes. can we get the UMLS swag? I think that's something that comes out of the Blair stable and where can our listeners reach out to the umls series both on facebook i know you're there and on the website yeah facebook triddle and on the website umsracing.com is our website UMS racing is uh the triddle and UMS racing obviously on facebook as well the swag if you had a racetrack team blair merchandise trailer you can get everything there if you want to purchase online you can do that as well you can go on our website umsracing.com there's a link there which takes you to phantom graphics and um, actually mr zimmel has the merchandise he'll get the information and ron will ship it out to you chris it's great talking to you we're gonna let you get back to work for opening night here at thunder mountain speedway it's, it's christmas and happy new year it's birthday it's race day it's opening day yeah yes
past weeks of struggle, if there's anybody in the world that wondered if you forgot how to drive a race car, they were proved wrong right there. What a tremendous drive to run down Josh Rice. You never put a wheel wrong. You were smooth. Did you re when did you realize you were reeling him in? Well, I don't know. He just you know, went around the cushion, which, I mean, when you're out there in the lead, you just don't know where to go. But we found a line, you know, line right through the middle of the racetrack. He done a heck of a job. He's... He's hell on wheels around here, there ain't no doubt. He's a good kid. I love racing with him. Uh, he drives everybody clean, so uh, I respect him 100, 100%. I know he's got a lot of fans up there, but, you know, uh, but we'll take him. And, um, but anyway, uh, the track was, you know, pretty well racy. I don't know what happened with da Davenport and all them guys up here in the front and Jimmy, but anyway, when it's your turn, it's your turn. You know, it's hard to, to think about now these last few weeks just how much you guys have struggled. I mean, it was a real struggle. It really was. You could see it. But to get back here, here at Florence, 10 years since you've won here, this, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the right words to describe this. Help me. Oh, it's been a long time since I've been in victory lane up here in Florence. And, um, you know, uh, you know, all these fans, they come here each and every year in uh, the north-south or local races, whatever it may be. But we enjoy coming to this part of the country. And, you know, we got Anthony Burroughs and um, we're calling Slim, Slim Shady and Marshall and all the guys back home watching on TV and all my family and friends, my son Trey. And I'm sure they're jumping up and down because uh, we ain't had a lot to cheer for this year or even late last year. So, hey, we, we'll take it here tonight and hopefully we can keep on going tomorrow. Well, this is a tough business sometimes because we get heartbreak in the middle of excitement. Josh Rice, you drove a terrific race, super job. Congratulations. Take us back to that last couple of laps. It looked like he got you, but man, you got your elbows up and got right back in there. Tell us about how it played out. Yeah, man, I just got to where I couldn't really turn, and I tried backing off of it because I kept getting over the cushion down here. and. Uh... Man, I know they're saying they're going by transponder. I hope we get a good picture of it, but uh, I know it was really close. It was a heck of a race. Uh, that's two weeks in a row we've had one get from us. One was a flat, and one we just pushed right front off of. But uh, we're here, man. We uh, we got a good piece for tomorrow. I think if we get that deal from happening down the front stretch, we got defender on it. I don't think they're I don't think they're there at the end, but. Uh, yeah, man, I got a lot of people to thank, all these guys here. I know I, I wanted to get one for them so bad, man. And uh, they're saying on the live video that we had it, but uh, it is what it is. We'll go on to tomorrow. We got a heck of a car, so uh, I think we can get it done again tomorrow and uh, get a new fender on it. And uh, I got to thank Crazy John. I know he's here somewhere recording. And uh, thanks for him and everything he does. And uh, Sinessa's Construction, Rick Jones, you know, he's the one that uh, makes this deal happen. Uh, little Brian, a DJ, would and Tiger Shocks, they uh, they got this thing rolling, and Sean Fullwood, we uh, we kind of put our heads together, and uh, it hit tonight, man. We were good, and uh, that one stings a little. If you miss any of Monday's program, you can go to RappinOnRacing.com. As always, we want to thank our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Number One Cochrane Automotive, Dirt Monthly Magazine, Jennerstein Speedway, along with Lernerville Speedway, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, Speedway Directory, and Toma Meat Market. want to thank our reporters, Lenny Baticki, Bill Korch, Tom Lang, plus Mike Lisikoski, Dave Oliveri, and Jim Zufall. Special thanks to senior engineers and our technical advisors, Bill Korch, Ted Lusick, Aaron Zufall, and Gary Scott, along with Bob Miller, our multimedia data collection facilitator.
Speedway proudly presented Rapid on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the eastern United States. Have a great week, and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing. Stand on it. Come on, y'all. Stand on it.